Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Nigga. Yeah. It's alright. Already the show goes on all night. Till uh. the morning we dream so long. Do anybody ever wonder when they will see the thunder? Just remember when you come to the show. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. This week, we will be previewing the 2019 The Memorial Tournament. Jack's Place will be a fun one, as always. And to break it down, my co-host, you can find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, man? Um, I guess that depends. Uh, I'm alive. Uh, so I'm just gonna hop right into it. We're just well, we're not getting, real quick. Real quick, what's the what's the Kentucky weather report? It's fucking hot. It's great. It's okay. wonderful. It's been wonderful. <laughs> Good weather. So I made four teams last week, and one of them was just kind of a random five dollar team, just kind of throw it together because I was having some FOMO about one particular golfer, and so just threw that in the five dollar. Well, the other three, you know, I put in bunch of three maxes you know had like probably like around 200 bucks a piece on each one of them and louis wd right after lock you know what are you gonna do you know i mean there's not much you can do you know obviously it sucks that's just one team out of three that's the oosty risk we know the oosty risk yeah yeah i mean that's part of it you know it doesn't bring a tempurpedic mattress or whatever he wakes up and his he's you know his finger hurts whatever he withdraws well then I go play golf on Friday and start checking a little bit. And Perez WD'd. Well, he's on team two. So he was three over and then played a few holes, I guess, and ended up was about six over and then withdrew for whatever reason. I never did really see a reason why he withdrew. Did you see a reason why he withdrew? I believe I saw something about an ankle injury. Yeah. It could be so then, wrong, but that's what I thought I saw. So then I um so then I fucking go finished playing golf, eating dinner uh, or eating lunch really, and open up the Twitter sphere and Paul Casey withdrew. Guess, guess which team Paul Casey was on. He was on the third team that didn't have a WD at the time. So all three of my fucking teams had a WD. It's like, how does that, how you can't, how do you, what what do you, (laughs) that's all the run. That's all the run bad right there. That's I mean, come on. How is that? How can you do that? Yeah, it's pretty. pretty I feel bad. like it's been like the worst year ever for me from a DFS perspective, but also just from like an unlucky break perspective as well. It's just, I mean, I'm not bitching about the WDs. They happen, whatever. But like, how do you get three, basically three for three? I know there was a couple of their guys with WD, but they, nobody was rostering those guys at all whatsoever. So yeah. they don't, I'm not really counting them. But okay. anyway, that's my, how my week. How was your week? It was good. I had a six of six. That it's it's been a trend now this year. Whenever I get a six of six or a really good five of six, like really good five of six, on the weekend at least half the team decides to no show. That's what happened this yeah. weekend. I had Kevin Nall on the team. I had Sabs. I had Streelman. But like uh, Answer goes five over on Saturday, shoots even on Sunday. Molly does next to nothing over the weekend. I can't remember who the sixth guy was. Now it was just one of those like oh Grillo. It was just kind of a even kill whatever they got not one so it was good it was still a, a nice lineup but it's just like what could have been like after thursday or friday things looked awesome like here we go it's happening and then nope it's not happening and the guy's still poking the thing to make it happen um <laughs> so that that's how that felt i had a five of, or four of six that even cashed and that four or six was that good the cash and it had paul casey's withdrawal on it so 
I feel your pain to a, 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 an aspect. I know I can't relate to it completely because you'll tell me stop talking, you asshole. But um, yeah, that's how that's how my weekend went. It's it's getting so close every week, and usually it's one tilting miscut in like the final hour or something. But the line's been very close, and I don't know. I, I like the field again this week, and it's going to be a fun one. But uh, it was it was fun and eight. Hey, podcast favorite at least on my side of things kevin yeah. not takes down his second title in a calendar year like yeah kevin freaking not i missed out on that i should have i should have known better when you were so high on him to not yeah back I, off I, of him I, or whatever, all i but... want to say is all the people that listen to this show i told you how high i was on him last week like at least half of you guys better have played him that's all i have to say <laughs> <laughs> like i was yeah. dead set on how high i was on him yeah so, uh, you were and i i fucked up and didn't play him at all so well, I don't. I don't blame you. I I'm got what saying. I deserve there, else. but yeah. Anyways, hey, it happens. It's all what good. What are you gonna do? Um, yeah. the, the only the only thing I like to, or I, if I found any solace in Casey's withdrawal because it did affect me as well. Like I said, is it was really confusing at first because he was minus one on the on the tournament. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? He's playing well. Then he doesn't play Friday. And there's a picture of him in the hospital, yeah. with IVs and stuff because he's got the flu. I saw so, that was like on Snapchat or something or Instagram or something. So it, it yeah. made me feel like more of an asshole after I. Yeah, it was legit. Like up. he was yeah. pretty messed up. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But it was just like, because ah, like at least, you know, Pat Perez is trunk slamming. He could actually hurt your roster if he doesn't leave the court. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a tilting one to say the least. But you never know. Get better. Come out to Pebble in a couple of weeks. And we'll see you there. But uh other than that, it was a pretty basic weekend. Uh, Jordan Spieth had a phenomenal open round or two, and then he remembered he doesn't know how to putt, so that was fun. Um, he still finished like in the top ten. He still had another great week. Like he's really freaking close. But uh, the, the Jordan Spieth haters all over Twitter are having a field day with him. But other than that, you know, Ricky missed a cut. Bryson played bad. Uh, Rom trunk slammed. Xander. A lot of the big, a lot of the big names. Xander. A lot of the big names struggled here. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, we'll get into it this week, but this is another short course where accuracy off the team matters. And I'm really curious to see how this is going to go with some of these bombers. It's going to be really yep. I'm with you on that. All right, let's get into the Memorial. It's, it's a prestigious tournament. It's an invitational like last week, and it's Jack's tournament. So when you get an, an invitation from Jack, you pretty much don't say no. That's pretty much how it's going to go. It's going to be a star-studded field, as you would expect. Why don't you give us some past event history, Jesse? Yeah, so obviously you'll talk about Mirrorfield, the actual course that they play on, but they've played on it a lot. Um, last year, Bryson DeChambeau uh, won in a playoff over Ben On and Kyle Stanley. Um, they all shot 15, and then obviously Bryson 1,500, and then Bryson won the tournament in the playoff. The year before that, Jason Duffner uh, won this golf tournament by uh, three shots. He was 1,300 over Ricky Fowler and 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 Raban Lahiri. Um I think that was a week after Jason Duffner was a chalky miscut too, if I remember correctly. And the only reason I remember that is because I think I won like a ticket to like the Thunderdome and my buddy got married that weekend. <laughs> so anyways, uh, and then uh, I, like, I like how the Thunderdome came before your buddy getting married. That's good. Well, I was, <laughs> I was sweating the lineups during like his wedding. Like <laughs> I remember being on the bus, they're taking pictures and I'm like looking at my phone the whole time. Um, David Lingmurth was the 2015 champion, 15 under. Oh, no, no, I skipped 16. William McGirt, 16 under, or 2016 was the champion at 15 under in a playoff over John Curran. David Lingmurth won it in 2015. He was 15 under uh, over Justin Rose. Uh, 
Hideki's won this. Cooch has won this before. Tiger's won this tournament five times. Uh, Justin Rose uh, is a past uh, champion here as well. Um, that's basically it. Yeah, you mentioned Mirfield Village Golf Club in Dublin, Ohio. It's a par 72, plays about 7,400 yards, so does not need to be a bomber's paradise yet again. Uh, Jack makes it like most of his courses. It's all about the second shots. Uh, you, you could try to bomb a fairway if you want, but Jack has put bunkers all over the place. They're some of the widest fairways on tour, so bring, uh, fairways hit almost 70% of the time, which is very, very, very good, obviously, for those that play golf. But he puts bunkers all over the place, so you need to lay up like with a three-wood or you bomb it and cross your fingers. If you can bomb it, cross your fingers, and be successful, oh, you have a nice little approach shot in. If not, you're going to have to rely on your long irons and better approach game, and that's where it becomes much more into play. Um, you'll hear from a lot of the the quotes you can read. It, it talks about uh, it's, a, it's a second shot course. You have to have good around the game uh, around the green game. Besides just the fairway bunkers, there's 73 total bunkers on the course. And a lot of those can be around the green and be very, very troublesome. So you have to have a very good around the green game, scrambling game, bunker game, however you want to put it. Uh, the greens are uh, bit grass greens. Uh, they're rather small, kind of like last week, but they're faster than last week and they undulate a lot more than last week. So they're very tough to put on. Uh, Tiger loves this course, but he also, like all these guys, can have trouble from time to time putting on this course. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But uh, there is water on nine of the holes. You can avoid the water for the most part unless you get really crazy, then it comes into play. But it's it's there just in case, just to screw you over some more. But all in all, shot makers, uh, good off the tee, approach game has to be strong, good iron play. Like if you can hit a good three wood and hit like 175 to 200 yard irons pretty well, you should have some success here. So it'll be a fun week, very similar to last week and some of these others we talked about with Valspars and some of those other kind of uh, touchy courses, except the one thing here, unlike the others, Fairways are very large, and the rough, forgot to mention, the rough is very penal. It's very, very thick. It can be very difficult to paint on year to year, so you want to be like definitely be in the fairway, which is a good thing here. What key stats are you looking at, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, it's just a ball striker's paradise, so just looking at guys who basically are good from tee to green. I mean, that's kind of the way to go. Um, hitting fairways here is – almost a must because the the rough is usually up and i know they had some rain up there today we'll probably have some more this week um just because it is that time of year a lot of thunderstorms in the in the area uh and so the rough will will get thick and just got to have guys who can hit fairways and then hit greens um and then get lucky enough to get get the guys who make the putts and that's pretty much it yeah, putting is going to be key. As you know, it's so easy to predict good putting, but uh, it will be key this week. <laughs> uh, you mentioned the possible storms. There's uh, there's a lot of storms coming through the Midwest, as you know. I can't wait for your weather report next week. But um, there's a strong chance of storms on Thursday, and winds will get up to 15 miles an hour. A little bit less chance, but still some storms on Friday, and then threats of storms throughout the whole weekend. So this is going to be a, a rocky one. Um, we'll know more of the waves kind of, AM, PM, PM, AM, or whatever. As we get closer to lock again, join us in the fantasy DJ and Slack chat for that. But um, it, it is going to be wet, and that's just going to make it even even more important to find the fairways on the bright side is it might slow down the greens and make it a little easier to putt. So kind of pick your poison there, but if you're not getting there in regulation, it don't matter. So let's talk a little Fanshare Sports. Again, if you want to join Fanshare Sports, get 25% off from now until the U.S. Open. If you sign up with promo code Always Press. Always press one word, all lowercase. Talking about guys coming in in good form. 
last six events when it comes to DraftKings scoring in this field. We said it's a loaded field. This will kind of give you a uh, ring your bell here. But Kuchar leads the way, averaging almost 99 points. You got Rory, Tiger, Justin Thomas, who still hasn't withdrawn yet. We'll have to keep an eye on that. And then fifth is Rory Sabatini. Sixth is Kevin Na. You got Jordan Spieth, Sun Toon Kang at eighth, Cantlay, and Johnny Vegas coming in tenth. Very interesting looks there. If you look at the last four Memorial events, or all the way through 2015, um, through DraftKings, Top scorers who have played in two or more of these events. Kyle Stanley's averaging over 106 DraftKings points in the two tournaments he's played here. Justin Rose, 105. Rory, 101. Cantlay, 95. Bryson. David Lingmore's played all four events. He's averaging over 93 DraftKings points. And Benny Ann's averaging over 93. So a lot of good course history here. You mentioned they played it a lot, a lot of times here. So something to keep in mind. Um, if you're looking for Bermuda grass putters in this field, DraftKings-wise, JT, Rose, Woods, Cooch, Kisner, Fowler, the top five in that respect. And last but not least, before I just drag on and on and on here, guys coming in in good current uh, current form and has really good course history is Justin Rose, Rory, Cantlay, Peter Uline plays really well here, Matt Kuchar, Kiradek, your boy, is, is ticking both boxes, Finau and Streelman. I'll leave it at that. There's many more. There's actually quite a bit for once in current form and course history here. So going to be a fun week. Again, about 120 golfer field, T70 and ties to six to six. We said it last week should be more popular, but still like three or 4% of the field had six or sixes last week, mainly because of Casey is like 31% owned, but yeah. And then Rom and then Rom. Yeah. So some of the big boys missed that happens again this week. It's going to get fun. And before we start, I meant to do it earlier. Shout out to our boy, Kevin, Kevin's delight on Twitter. Absolutely crushed it this week. Put one lineup in the five dollar single entry. Both of the five dollar single no, entries. No, no, no. They were not single entries. Those oh, they were? were the those were the big five dollar oh, GPPs. There you go. One of them was a hundred thousand the first. The other one I think was maybe twenty five, thirty, forty thousand the first. And he crushed it. What did he come out yeah. with? Like eleven or twelve thousand? No, he won. He turned ten dollars into seventeen thousand five hundred. Seventeen. There you go. Sorry, that's why. See, <laughs> that's why you're here, Jesse. Just to continually correct me from everything I do. The motherfucker. The motherfucker. Yeah. But in the the two biggest GPPs, I think he won one. Maybe it was like ten k to first, and he won yeah, it, and then it finished finished like top five or whatever in the biggest one. I I don't know. Anyways, he won. It turned ten dollars into seventeen thousand. Yeah. He told us in our little chat that he was busy this week. They didn't have any time, so he made one lineup and threw it into two tournaments. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we all fucked up and didn't let junkies run either. I mean, you know, that was uh, a huge mess up. Apologize about that. Um, we kind of got lax on it. Just been it been filling, haven't had any issues this year on it filling. So we'll stay on top of that. But uh, yeah, he mentioned that he was. I mean, he won the the Woods uh, GC Cup or whatever. Um, so he, he's he's doing pretty well in it too. He's second or third or something. Yep, he's crushing it. So congrats to Kevin. Heard. Hopefully uh, we'll have him back on here sooner than later, and he can drop some knowledge and help people win money and go from there. But let's do this week's, Jesse. Let's get into DraftKings. we got five guys over $10,000. we got Rory at 11.5, LT Gray at 11.2, Justin Rose at 10.8, Fowler at 10.6, Cantley at 10.2. You can make cases for all these guys. I, got, I took my notes. I wrote all five down going, well, I can't take all five. So I got to start breaking it down some more, but where are you looking at on this one? Yeah, you can definitely, I mean, the only guy like that I have huge questions about is Tiger. Um, and that's just because, you know, obviously he's won this tournament five times, but the last time was in 2012. Um, 
last year he finished 23rd here. And he's coming off the terrible performance at the PGA Championship. Um, you know, if you, it, it seems like if you get Tiger on a course where he can't uh, just hit it everywhere off the tee, um, he struggles a bit. And so that worries me with him here. I feel like Justin Rose might be a pretty good GPP play. Um, probably is a pretty good GPP play. Sixth last year here. He was second in 2015. Miscut, then eighth, eighth, miscut first. So, like, he's either top tending or missing the cut here. Um, don't mind him. Ricky, uh, not a huge fan. That I mean, the, really, the two guys that I have checked are Rory and Patrick Cantlay. Uh, everybody who listens regularly knows my love for Rory. Um, two straight top tens here from 18 and 16. And then, you know, the dude just, like, you know, he had a bad PJ championship, but he finished eighth there. His worst finish this year is at the Masters. It's 21st. It's just wild how good and consistent he's playing. Now, of course, at 11-5, you really want him to win. And can he win? I, I most certainly think so. And I hope that he's lower owned. So that'll be my angle with him. And then Cantley, man, I, you know, it, it's that's a huge price bump for him. I saw some odds on him when they first came out and was very surprised how um, how much the books like him. But I can see why with his recent play, third, third, and ninth in his last three starts. Um, hasn't finished outside the top 15 when he's made the cut this year or this calendar year anyways. Um, you just have two missed cuts in there. But, you know, I mean, it, I don't know if people will see that 10-2 and, and back off or not. That'll be interesting to see how highly touted he is. But he's been hitting the ball really, really well. Yeah, I echo your Rory sentiments. He's got to win. That's the thing. At, at, at 11-5, He's got to win, and he could definitely do it. So I don't mind him at all. But for me, it's a combination of either Justin Rose at 10-8. Like you said, it's all or nothing with him here. And he's kind of been just a weird case of late on, on how he's playing. T-58 last week, T-29 the week before, being a third at the, at uh, Wells Fargo. Uh, it's really interesting to see how he plays. But he, he does love this course, great course history here. So 10-8, I can get on board there. I am curious to see Ricky Fowler's ownership because he's usually always popular. But coming after a missed cut, if you get a low Ricky, it's interesting because his short game is extraordinarily good, like really, well, really good. And he has two straight top tens here, eighth yeah. and second the last two years. So I'm curious to see Ricky's ownership because that could be a quick pivot for me off of a Justin Rose. Um, the guy I like a lot, though, you were just talking about is Patrick Cantley. I know the price bump is there. Hopefully that lowers his ownership. But you can't beat the recent form. And he's got outstanding course history here. He's played really well at this golf course. I really, really like Cantley at 10-2. I think he's a solid, solid play. At the same time, you don't even have to go up here if you don't want to. There's a lot of good guys in the nines and the eights. But uh, in this realm, I like Cantley a lot because I think ownership, I think, will go to the top four guys, and Cantley might get overlooked at that price point. Yeah, this is a, this is like a major type of field, um, especially with uh, the, the guys up here and, and then the next range. So you don't have to go in the 10Ks if you don't want to. Yep, no doubt about it. Let's dip into the 9Ks where you can definitely get things started if you so choose. Jordan Spieth, 9900 bucks, coming off of some great golf. But when we talk about his putting and talk about these greens, I will be honest, I'm concerned. Uh, Tony Finau, 9600 Kuchar, 94 JT, 93 Remember, he's had the wrist injury. He'll withdraw ahead of time like he did a couple weeks ago. He'll be good about it. He won't try to ruin it, at least we think so. Because he flat out said last time he'll, he, he withdrew because he wants to be 100%. So, JT won't play, I don't think, unless he's perfectly good to go. Jason Day's at 92, Hideki 91, and Xander at 9,000 off that just trunk slam of a missed cut. 
what do you like here at the 9K range? Um, I mean, I'll start with Jordan. I don't think a lot of people will pay that for him. Uh, he, he gained a lot of shots putting last week, mm-hmm. um, five in his first round, and then like, you know, around three or four the, the, the rest of the way in. Um, and so at 9,900, I, you know, I, I feel like eventually the rest of the game is going to come around and he's not going to have to lean on it so much. Um, and if people, you know, continue to not play him, I mean, he was 13% owned on average there. It looked like at the at Charles, Charles Schwab last week, he was 4% the PGA championship. He's just not been getting the buzz and the hype. Um, so at 9,900, I, I don't mind him for GPPs at all. Kuchar is one of like my favorite plays period. Um, he's got the course history. He's got the recent form. Like, He's just for me like a cash game lock. Uh, even you know in, in a GPP, I I don't think he'll be low owned. Um, but I just I mean the dude plays this golf course really well. Thirteenth, fourth, fourth, twenty sixth in his last four appearances here, and eighth and second in his last two starts on tour with a twelfth at the Masters and the seventh the Texas Open. I mean, just playing solid golf. Um, JT is interesting. I. I will play him most likely and just hope that most people are, are afraid of a WD or are afraid that uh, he's not 100% healthy. Um, eighth and fourth in the last two years at this golf course and obviously hasn't played since the Masters when he finished 12th, but just basically taking some time off to heal that wrist. One guy who will get a lot of buzz in his prices, which you would really think of being low, is Jason Day. Um, I think he's a member here. If not, I, I know he lives in the Columbus yeah, area. He's in the area. And so that's like something that will get spun up as it does every year, but it's just never really translated to him finishing well at this tournament. I mean, 44th, 15th, 27th, the last three years. And he had a miscut in 2015, another miscut in 2012. I mean, best finish is 15th since 2012. I don't know how much I like him, especially if if he's going to be popular, I will not play him. And then Hideki, man, I mean, Fuck, what, what do you do with him? I mean, the guy makes just you about him. every damn cut. <laughs> I mean, you know, at 9,100, he's making every cut. So and he's got – he's a past champion here. He finished 13th here last year. You know, I, I don't mind him a bit. I mean, the plays for me for sure are Kuchar 100%. Um, I like Spieth and then JT for 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 GPPs. Kuchar anywhere and everywhere. Yeah, speed, speed will be interesting. I'm with you there. Like watching the uh, the little bit I did get to watch on Friday, I saw the stat. He made 158 feet worth of putts on Thursday, and through 12, he had 126 feet worth of putts. Yeah, right? he made the, a the shit guy, ton of putts. Yeah. All, all, all the announcers were great. They're like, yeah, he's putting great, but it also tells you he's not close to the hole. <laughs> so that approach game isn't as ideal as you would uh, hope it would be. But uh, speed is interesting at 99. I give you that. Fina coming off a second. I just don't trust him as much at courses like this because if he gets out of whack, it's going to be ugly. See John Rahm last week. That's what can happen if Fina's out of whack. Um, I love Kuchar at 94. I'm scared he's going to be chalky. I'm scared he's going to be this week's Paul Casey when it comes to chalk. But I like him a lot, and I can get different elsewhere if I have to. Um, curious on the JT situation as yourself. And then the other guy I like here is Matsuyama. I like him a lot at 9,100 bucks. Uh, you mentioned all the made cuts this year. It's all he does is make cuts. And it, it's funny because everyone wants to play Spieth because he's turning it around. Matsuyama's the same guy. His approach game is great. His iron game is great. He can't putt. If he can putt, uh, he's just like he can contend, just like Spieth starting to contend. So if if it triggers on one of these days, that'd be great. He had a horrible Sunday at the PGA. Still finished T sixteen, T twenty three at the Byron Nelson. 
overall playing really good golf, makes the cuts. At 91, I like Matsuyama a lot. So at this point in time, not knowing JT's health, it's just Kucher and it's just Hideki for me in this 9K range. All right, 8K range. You got Bryson, the defending champion, at 8,900 bucks. Woodland at 88, Adam Scott at 87, Usti at 86, Stinson at 85, Na at 84, Sabatini 83, Kokrak 82, Phil 81, and Leishman 8,000. You can do a whole team right here if you so choose. Where are you at? Yeah, um, you can definitely start here and, and feel pretty comfortable. And then, of course, by the time Friday morning rolls around, you're probably pissed off. But uh, I'll start with Woodland. I, I like him quite a bit. I mean, he ranks in this field first uh, over the last 12 rounds in strokes game ball striking. He's fourth in approach. Putter has been not very good. Um, but assuming that, you know, you can get that to come around a little bit, um, I don't mind him uh, at all at $8,800. Three straight made cuts here with a fourth back in 2016 um, and seems to have picked it up a little bit at the PGA Championship there where he finished top 10. He was eighth. Of course, he did miss the cut to Wells Fargo. but And then also Adam Scott at 8700 uh, Hasn't missed a cut here since 2009. Um, nothing crazy good. He did have a fourth and 14. Uh, but the ball striking for him seems to be there. He's uh, 8th, 18th, and 12th in his last three starts on tour, which basically he just plays the big events at this point, just does whatever the fuck he wants to. Don't blame him. Um, and then let's talk about what a world we're living in where <laughs> Rory Sabatini and Jason Kokrak are higher priced than Phil Mickelson and Mark Leishman. Don't forget Kevin I mean, Long right there too. Yeah. and well, <laughs> what's No, he WD'd. Oh, he did? Okay, it doesn't say that on drafting. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He withdrew earlier today. Um, he was 8400 though, right? Yep, that saves my money. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, all three of those guys priced higher than Mickelson and Leishman. Um, I, I don't know. Like For me, it, it, it seems like the easier route to take would be go with, to like the, Leish, the Leishman and Mickelson. They both have really good course history, but the form, the recent form is much better in Sabatini and Kokrak, of course, Kokrak WD before the tournament started last week, but just continues to turn out made cuts. Now his course history here is not good. Miscut 35th, miscut, miscut, miscut. So, you know, I mean, it depends on what you like better. If you like recent form better, uh, then it's all the Kokrak. If you lean more heavily on course history, um, then you then you don't want to play him. I like them both. Uh, I wanted to play them both last week. And Kokrak, of course, withdrew. And then I went to Ustazen, and we know how that finished. So, um, And then Stinson, again, at 8,500 is another interesting guy. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm not 100% sold on him at this point, but he did finish 13th here last year. Uh, hasn't missed a cut since the players uh, on tour this year. So seems to be playing better. Um but for me, I would rather go to Sabatini and Kokrak and, and just hope that people are going more and gravitating towards the big names, especially in your lower dollar uh, GPPs. You know, I would suspect Stintz and Mickelson and, and Leishman would be more popular than those two sandwiched in between them. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'll start with Gary Woodland at 8800 bucks. I think you can make an argument that he should be with some of those below, low 9K guys, just talent-wise. Uh, 8,800 bucks. T8 at the PGA did have that bad miscut at the at the Wells Fargo. It was more of an MDF. It was after the third round, so he made it through to the weekend. Uh, but overall, playing some really really good golf again. It's his putter, like you said. But 
a guy that can hit his uh, his woods very well, not just his driver and his, his iron game, his approach game is outstanding. So Woodland at 88, I like quite a bit. Adam Scott, I like a lot, 8,700 bucks. It's like you said, he, people are kind of forgetting about him, but it's only because he plays the tournaments he wants to play. And like you said, more power to him. I have no problem with that at all. But yeah, T8, T18, T12, Mystica at the Honda, T7, T61 a second. He's playing great golf when he goes out there and plays. And that showing at the PGA was really, really impressive. So Adam Scott at 87, like you mentioned, the course history, I can get behind that quite a bit. Uh, Henrik Stenson at 85, when it becomes a three-wood and an iron play-in, it's all about Henrik Stenson. He, he can hit that three-wood down in the straight the middle of any fairway in golf. And his iron play is getting better and better week after week. We've got to remember he was hurt for a, lot, like a, a bit of time. He started to get back into things. 8500 bucks for a guy you mentioned T13 here last year. You know, he's put up a T48, T20, T28 in his last three events. So there's a lot to like when it comes to uh, Henrik Stenson at 8500 And last but not least, I'm with you on Sabs at 83 I like him quite a bit. I'm not going to jump off the train. Like this train's got to derail. I'm talking more than just a miscut. It's got to derail because what he what he's doing is ridiculous right now, and the price point's just too good to pass up. Um, maybe I'm just a fish, but I've been a fish that's rode this train for about two and a half to three months now. So I'll just keep riding that train yeah. at 8,300 bucks. The ball striking is exquisite right now. And last week, I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but just kind of watching it on the app, it seemed like he just struggled putting. Like he had so many chances to do things. And he was missing putts. He had 11 bogeys and 17 pars, but he played really, really well. He doesn't make the big holes very much. Like if you look at his last, you know, five tournaments, he only has two doubles. And that was in one tournament at the Wells Fargo. He doesn't have those blow-up holes that are going to crush you. So Sabs at 83, I like quite a bit. Uh, so it's Woodland, Scott, Stinson, and Sabs in the 8K range for me. All right, Jesse, 7,500 and above. Who are you looking at? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot to like down here too. Um, Grillo, uh, 7,900 is playable. Three straight made cuts at this golf tournament. Hasn't missed a cut since the Honda Classic back in March on tour. Um, just kind of seems to be right around the 25 to 30 mark, basically unfinished position there. So don't mind him at 7,800. I mean, 7,900. Uh, Lucas Glover at 78. Uh, hasn't missed a cut here since 2013. Finishes aren't that great. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I feel like Lucas Glover can just about top 10 anytime i mean he's not had a whole lot of success around here so if you don't play him i totally understand why but the other guy would be kyle stanley my only problem with kyle stanley is is he going to be popular with after the second place last year the sixth place the year before um and he did miss the cut at the pj championship not a huge deal finished eighth at the wells fargo championship um so be interesting with him tyrell hatton um you know i, I used to love playing tyrell and it's just his game is so up and down. It seems like he's kind of more on the up now. Um, never played here, but is is coming off the eighth place finish last week. Uh, so he's interesting. And then last but not least, Jim Furyk again, man. I know we talked about him last week. Uh, obviously didn't have the finish uh, that everybody would have liked who played him. He shot 73 on Sunday and fell back to 13th place. Um, but looking at course history stats that I look at year week in and week out was which was one of the reasons why I was on him last week. He actually is pretty good at this golf course, even though that hasn't really translated to good finishes for him. He does have two straight missed cuts here the last two years, but he did finish fifth here in 2015. Uh, I feel like he's playing better golf this year than he has the last couple. So um, 
I'll go back to to Furick again this week and hope most people don't. Yeah, for me, I'll start back with Grillo. Uh, I was big on him last week, or Grillo, I should say. Um, played really, really well. T19 last week, you know, T23 the week before, like you said, just consistently finishing in that kind of mid-range and playing really, really good golf. So good ball striker, good iron player at 7,900. I have no problem with Emiliano. Uh, Stanley is interesting, great course history. And, again, if he's on, he's one of the better iron players in the game, so he fits courses like this great. Missing the cut at the PGA doesn't surprise me, and we kind of already mentioned we're not going to really take that week with a grain of salt. Like if you play really well, it'll stand out. But if you miss the cut, it's kind of that's a tough one. But you know, T eight at the Wells, T twenty one at the Masters, uh, that that stood out to me quite a bit there for Kyle Stanley. So seventy hundred bucks, I'm with you. If he's chalky, though, I want nothing to do with a chalky Kyle Stanley, nothing at all. Uh, so I definitely pivot to Grio right above him. But uh, Grio Stanley, uh, Sun King is interesting. Hasn't played since the PGA. He won the Byron Nelson the week before, played really well at the PGA. Uh, he was coming in and, you know, you know, cut the wells in the T42, T18, T47, T6 at Arnie's place. So a lot to like there at 7,700 if you want to jump back on the Kang train. A couple others, I do like Jim Furyk quite a bit, like you said. A guy that uh, strikes the ball like he does doesn't have to bomb it out there. These are the courses that play him well at 75. You'll get him at low ownership. And the other guy is Tong Lee. I know I mentioned him a lot, but he's been raving about how much he likes this course. And it's something I've mentioned on, on previous podcasts when I read a bunch of um, quotes. And it, you know, Kevin, not like last week, I'm not on Lee the way I was on Na last week, not by any means. But I kept reading over and over again how much Na loved playing that golf course. There's a lot to be said about loving a golf course and how it fits your eyes. And Lee likes it a lot, and he's a really good iron player. So if he can get off the tee, and that's a sketchy part with Lee at times, if he can get off the tee, he can be a very interesting play. Uh, at 7,500 at next to no low ownership, probably. But for me, it's uh, it's Grillo. It's uh, Stanley, depending on the ownership. Kang, Houtong Lee, and Furyk at 7,500 and above. Where are you looking at at 7,400 and below? Yeah, uh, start with Duffner and Streelman. Um, Duffner, for the same reason that uh, I talked about Furyk, he just, uh, in some of the course history stats I look at, standing out. Um, and most people... I mean, obviously, he was the winner here in 2017, like I talked about before. He did miss the cut here last year, so hopefully people will see the missed cut and kind of back away. But uh, Streelman, another guy, um, made four straight cuts at this golf tournament, uh, and he had a you know three straight top 20s before last year where he finished 44th, come off of the 31st, finished there last week, and then 45th at the Wells Fargo, so... He's playing pretty well. Um, Ryan Moore, another guy, course history. Just, uh, you know, he's not missed it. Well, he's missed one cut here since 2012. That was in 2017. He finished 13th here last year. Recent form is leaves a little bit to, to be desired, but I'm just hoping that, you know, the the course can kind of override that a little bit. Russell Knox, another guy who I like from a course history perspective. Um, hasn't really translated into uh, the – Finishing position that we would necessarily like, but um, playing pretty well. Uh, finished eighth last week. Did miss the cut the PGA Championship again. Not a huge deal. A lot of people did. Um, so, and then Hadwin again at seventy one hundred dollars. I think he's fine too. One of my favorite plays though is Joel Dahman at seven thousand dollars. Never played here um, and was just absolutely saddled with the chalk last week uh, for a guy. Uh, uh, he's never done well on chalk. He's never done well on chalk. Yeah, 
I mean, so I think you can go back to him this week. He's hitting the ball really well. Like if you look at his ball striking stats and his approach stats, he's actually hitting the ball really well. Now, can that translate into a, a good finish at this golf course? That's the question. Um, he's never played it. So, you know, I mean, take that for what it's worth. But I feel like going back to the chalky miscuts uh, down here at lower ownership would is is usually the way that I, I like to look at things. And he was one. So there's a lot, there's a reason why a lot of people were on him last week and then they won't go back this week. So you can get him at lo- lower ownership and, and significantly less money too. He's $1,200 less than he was last week. There you go. Hey, I'll be on the Duff daddy at 7,400. He was, uh, I found out last week by watching the show. Somehow I did not know this before. It could be me missing something or just the bad reporting that we've been getting around golf. That Duff daddy has been using some new irons the last like month. And he's starting to get comfortable with them, and it shows in his iron play. So, seventy four hundred bucks was something that stood out to me this week on a guy that's coming in with good course history at this golf course. Uh, Streelman was on him last week. I love him on courses like this. Really good look here. He's made uh, four four straight cuts with you know two sixes, a forty fifth, and a thirty first. So, Streelman at seventy four is in play. He had a lot of chances to go really low. He just really never got. It, it was like par. It was bogey birdie, bogey birdie. He just couldn't really string up. The consecutive goodness together is the way I'll put it. But uh, good stuff there with Streels at 74. A couple others. I'll go back to eight, uh, answer. I hope he goes super overlooked after just the weekend of just destruction. He um, goes, he's two under, then he goes two over on Friday. He'll be even, shoots five over on Saturday, even on Sunday. So he never really got it going. He had three doubles. That's what crushed him uh, overall. But still, T58, he had T16 the week before at the PGA. At 7,200 bucks, I have no problem going back to Abraham answer. And then Russell Knox, you know, iron ball striker extraordinaire at 71. I'll be up on that train. That was a big piece of Kevin's winnings was Russell Knox coming back with a nice Sunday there. So I like Knox at 71 as well as another piece of the pie. So for me, it would be Duffner, Streelman, Answer, and Knox for now in that, uh, you know, 7,400 and below range. All right, 6K is actually a handful of stuff I don't mind here. What do you like here? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this range, but I'll start with – um at $6,900 Gooch uh talked about him I think I talked about him last week anyways he finished 29th uh had a good little Sunday shot three under um so I I don't mind going back to him at 6,900 and then Juiced Luton uh continues just to stand out on the labs model um obviously a year or two ago mostly uh he did he did make the cut the PJ championship um finished 64th but uh just he he rates highly on the model, so I, those would be the two guys down here for me. All right, uh, I don't mind Corey Connors. He's a putting mistake, but uh, Iron plays really really well. So sixty nine hundred bucks for Connors could be interesting. Same with Danny Lee at sixty nine, another good Iron player that uh, played well last week. He didn't really go big at all, but he's kind of steadily got it done. So sixty nine hundred bucks. I like both of those kind of guys. A um, couple others I don't mind. You look at the likes like a Matt Every coming in, in really good form at sixty eight hundred bucks. Um, last week he finished T17 the week before the Byron Nelson or two before T second. So you can take a look at him at 6,800. Um, you mentioned the, um, kind of popular cheap guys. I don't think he was chalky by any means, but Matt Jones at 6,500 bucks came in in just great form. He's crushing it. T5, T38, T30, T18, so on and so forth. He hadn't missed a cut in forever. Goes out and misses the cut last week. He was, uh, four over par, so he missed it by a stroke. I don't have a problem going back to Matt Jones at 6,500 bucks. I could see that being a 
nice little play there off of a missed cut at that price point. And if you need to punt, an interesting punt for me, and I could be totally wrong, I might not even need him if I wanted to go to 6200 bucks. But David Lipsky's here. He's an American that plays on the Euro Tour a lot, and he plays really, really well over there of late. At the PJ Championship, he T71. He didn't do anything real special there. But over in Europe, you know, T5 at the China Open, a fifth the week before, T22, T13. It's coming in really good form. Um, again, U.S. kid playing on the PGA Tour for the first time, I think, this year, or besides last week, of course. But uh, a couple, two weeks ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago. But Lipsky at 62 is a guy I don't mind taking a chance on at that price point. He can actually – He's better than you think. He plays in WGCs for crying out loud. He, so. he did play the he played the Mexico WGC, finished tenth. Yeah, yeah. He's I, not I a bad yeah. Sixty two. He kind of going through the prices. He stood out to me being down below there. That uh, not quite sure. You know, he could easily miss the cut, but uh, he's much better than that price point. Opens up a lot of salary. Yes, it does. All right, let's recap things real quick. Jesse, if you had to take one guy, one guy only in ten k and above, who you got? Um, Rory. I'm gonna take Cantley at ten two. All right, 9K, give me one guy. Um, Kuchar. Yeah, Kuchar is the, the go-to. I'll take Matsuyama then to be a little different there, but Kuchar's the man. Uh, 8K, give me one guy. Or give me two. I'll give you two. I'm just going to do it, dude. Sabatini and Kokrak. I'm going to go Woodland and Sabatini. I like it. Sab's time again. I seem to get like a like – I need to get a jersey or something for Sabatini. Um, 7K range, give me like three guys. In the seven Ks, um, sorry, lost a little bit of the the train of thought there. Grillo would be most definitely one, um, and then uh, Dahman, like I talked about, just because of the ownership angle, and then uh, Furick as well. Yeah, I'm gonna go Grillo, Furick, and Knox. So we got some crossover there, which is good. And then who are your two guys in the six K again? Uh, two guys in the six K were. Just Luton and um, Taylor Gooch. Yeah, if I have to pick just two guys, I'll pick Danny Lee and David Lipsky. Be the two guys I'll be looking at there. All right, if you had to start a GPP lineup, Jesse, give me three guys to start a GPP lineup with. Um, so for me, like Rory, um, I think Gooch is interchangeable, but you know, I understand if you don't play with GPP. I mean, like a Rory Justin Thomas stack for me is going to be pretty cool to. To, to see uh, what happens there. And then, like, you're going to need a little bit of salary relief. So I'm going to Dahlman. Yeah, I'll, I'll start out my GPP with Matsuyama with the the, the putting yips, uh, Cantlay, and Lipsky. So that'll open up all kinds of goodness outside of that. Um, cash, give me three guys in cash. I think going and just going more balanced, obviously, in cash this week. Uh, Kucher. Uh, Stinson is probably cash viable, and I think Grillo is also cash viable. Yeah, I got Cooch, Woodland, and Sabs, but I like your other guys as well. Lots to like there. All right, picking winners time. Who you got, Jesse? Um, we got on Cooch. On the Cooch, we got twenty to one. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's number one. Um, even though those odds are not good, but uh, either way, and then uh. What about what about you? We got on Sabs. Our boy Sabs. I actually had him written down. I have to look him up. Fifty-five to one. Might as well just keep burning money there. Yep. Kind of on the same page. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Um, I had Cantley at twenty-one. I liked Woodland at thirty-three to one. And then I had Sabs written down at fifty-five to one. So those are the plays I'd be looking at if I were that kind of a person. 
But uh, that wraps up the Memorial preview, Jesse. Any final thoughts as we get closer and closer to another major? Uh, no, I don't have any other thoughts. This is actually a really good golf tournament, though. So I'll be watching uh, intently this weekend. Uh, no golf tournament this weekend for me. Um, taking the week off. Uh, didn't WD or anything like that. So if you were going to bet on me, you wouldn't have to worry about not getting your money back. Yeah, um, I'm going to try my best to watch Thursday, Friday, but I qualified for the South Zone, so I'll be playing a couple of Peninsula courses on Thursday. So that'll be Thursday and Friday. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be fun. Uh, Two man best ball. See how that goes. But um, that'll be my my week. As people probably care about that a ton, but uh, I, I'm I'm pretty pumped on it. So I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, this is a good golf tournament. Really good golf tournament. Great field. Uh, Jack's Jack will do it right. It's always a fun time. So. Go check all that out if you want to try the fansharesports.com. Use promo code ALWAYSPRESS for 25% off over there. And check out Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods, the podcast at Always Press DFS. I am at BDNTrick. If you give a rating review on iTunes, you'd appreciate it. This is the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast, previewing the 2019 The Memorial Tournament. Catch you guys later. Oh,